You want to talk about a conviction? There's a conviction. Our house, our town, Duke football. One intention. One intention. That's to kick their Kick their heads up front. Let's go. Welcome to episode two of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. I'm your host for tonight, or this episode, I should say, Brian Kennedy, alongside my fellow Section 17ers, Josh Cox, who well, it looks like he's at Wallace Wade getting ready for this episode, Jamie Holt and Scott Medlin. Fellas, how have y'all been since we had our first episode last week? Man, uh, so life has... Uh has hit us a little bit more with this COVID-19, so we're all sheltered in place. As you can tell, I've chosen to quarantine um, at Wallace Wade um, with all my friends. Um, but no, so I wanted to say this. After uh, the podcast, the episode one that released, um, we're just getting this thing off the ground, but it was super encouraging to see how many people watched it or listened to it. And we posted it as a video um, on our Facebook page and had a lot of interaction there. And I just thought that was really cool, man. Like, uh, we don't know where this is going to wind up or what this is going to be, uh, but we really appreciate all of those who listened and interacted. And if you haven't listened to the first episode, it was our first one. Please do go back and, uh, and check it out. We're going to try to get this on more uh, websites as well. Now we know for sure it's on Spotify. We know for sure it's on Anchor FM. But we're going to try to get it pushed out to, you know, Apple and, and to all of them. And so I'm just super pumped about that first um, episode. Scott, Jamie, how are we doing tonight? Jamie? I'm good, man. It's just been kind of hard figuring out what day it is. Like, I just asked, I just asked earlier, like, what day is it? I'm not even sure. But, yeah, I've been looking forward to this, being a big you know, fantasy football fan and obviously a big, big fan. I've been looking forward to this ever since we decided we were going to do this draft. Awesome. Yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm with you in that uh, regard of wondering what day it is, and um, hopefully we'll get through this sooner than later. Big Dog, how you been, brother? Doing good, man, doing good. Uh, definitely, definitely pleased with how the first episode went uh, with our podcast. Uh, guys, I think this is definitely something new for all of us, but uh, definitely fun. Uh, one thing I want, a couple things I want to mention real fast in the opening, uh, some good and some bad. Uh, the good news is that today is Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach's 75th birthday. So happy birthday, Coach Spurrier. And then the uh, the, the kind of bad side was that uh, former Duke linebacker Mike Curtis passed away this morning. Uh, he was a two-time All-ACC player, and he actually won a world title with the Baltimore Colts long before we were born. But definitely a, a, a Duke guy that we, you know, we're praying for his family and everyone during this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for everyone, this week's episode, we're going to have some fun. Uh, with the NFL draft starting this week, we've decided to have a little draft of our own. During this episode, all four of us, as you can see, I'm in my war room. I'm practicing social distancing. Nobody's in the war room with me. We're going to be drafting teams comprising of players who have played during the David Cutcliffe era. So any player that has played from 2008 to currently right now, 2019, 2020. Now, we'll be basing our picks off of career stats as well as an eye test. But guys, we've seen play in person and who made an impression on us while we were at the games. Now, as far as the draft and how we're going to exactly do this, 
Josh is going to exactly break it down. For those of you who have might not have ever done a fantasy draft or know exactly what a snake draft is. So, Josh, if you could let everyone know exactly the breakdown of the draft, how we're going to do this, who's going to pick where, things like that. Yeah, for sure, man. So we're going to go a traditional snake draft if you have ever done fantasy football. So basically, uh, the the first team will pick at pick number one, and then we'll go two, three, four, and then we'll start at four, three, two, one, and then snake back and forth all the way around. So that first draft position and that fourth draft position, they will do some back-to-back drafting throughout this. Um, the structure that we're using um, is we're going to be drafting a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a linebacker, a defensive lineman, and then someone in the secondary. And then as our seventh pick, it's a flex position. You can use it for anybody. I'm assuming all four of us will probably use it for some sort of offensive player. Um, but that's what we're doing. They don't have to be drafted in that order. Obviously, you can draft in any order you want to. Um, but, but at the end, we're going to have seven players on each of our teams, and those seven players will fill those seven spots. Um, and so what we're looking at is our draft order. Uh, we did a random number generator, and Brian is going to be picking first. Uh, his team, uh, he's naming his team Cutcliffe's Clock Cleaners. That's a tough one to say. Uh, Defense wins championships. Come on, Josh. There you go. Uh, Cutcliffe's Clock Cleaners. Uh, Jamie is going to be picking second. And uh, his his team name is Cut Roper, and uh, I, I I think that's just a wonderful name. So Cut Roper, uh, and then I will be picking third, and my team name is Living Ren Free in your head. So Living Ren Free in your head, and then uh, Scott is going to have the fourth pick, and he is the Wally Wade Wackos, and so uh, that's the way it's going to go tonight. Snake draft filling up those positions, and we're looking forward uh, to a lot of fun tonight. Fantastic. Thank you, Josh. Are you kind of giving us a glimpse of who your first pick might be with your team name? Actually, no. After <laughs> after researching quite a bit, we I have no idea. It really depends on what happens in the first two. Uh, I think we could all agree that at the end of the day, there are a lot of even stats when you look at it. There's a lot of toss-ups, uh, and, and we don't necessarily have – other than maybe one player uh, that just stands out uh, on the stats. So, anyway, it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks again for uh, breaking it down for those who might not understand what exactly a fantasy stink draft is. So, once we're done with this episode tonight, we'll be posting the draft results on the Duke Football Talk Facebook page as well as on Twitter through our Twitter handle, at DukeFBTalk. Now, what we want you to do is comment – and let us know who had the best draft in your eyes and who had the worst draft. Now, please be kind to those folks. You know, I, I see Josh and I having a great draft tonight, but just be kind on him, please. He's got feelings. Don't hurt him. Um, but also comment and tell us who you would have on your team, what your ideal lineup would be. We'd like, can't wait to see what your results are. Now, fellas, any final thoughts or strategy before we head into this draft? Um, will Quentin Harris be available? That's my, that's my only question. <laughs> well, I, I think he'll be available at three for you, Josh, if you want him. So you're more than happy to have him. Jamie, Scott, we're good. Yep. Jamie's trying to say something, but he's on mute. We, we can't understand him. Scott gave us the big thumbs up. So we're good to go. All right, fellas. It's now time to start the Duke football talk. 
Cutcliffe era draft. And seeing as I'm number one, I get the first pick. Here we go. And we were actually talking about this before we got on tonight for this episode. I, uh, I thought I had my pick in hand, but after doing some research, I'm kind of up in the air right now, but I'm ready. I've got my first pick. And for all you folks that have followed the NFL, we've got a little sound bite for y'all as we pick our picks. So the, the pick is in, fellas. With the first pick in the David Cutcliffe era Duke draft, Cutcliffe's clock cleaner selects Connor Vernon, wide receiver from 2009 to 2012. And I got to say, fellas, he was one of the most productive wide receivers, not only in Duke history, but as I was researching ACC history. Let me just reel off some, some stats for you here. Tied with Jamison Crowder for first in all-time receptions at Duke with 283. By the way, that's the most in ACC history. Number one in career receiving yards at Duke, 3,749. Number two in the ACC for career receiving yards behind only Rashad Green from FSU. Second most receptions in a single season at Duke. He had 85 in 2012. I, I mean, I'm, I could just go on and on, but I got to have a – a strong foundation for my offense. That's why Connor Vernon's going to be on my team. I know he played with the Raiders a little bit. Didn't pan out in the NFL, but I know when it comes to college football, he definitely stood out amongst the rest. So first pick, Connor Vernon. Welcome to the, to the clock cleaners. Man, I, I love that pick, Ryan. Uh, Brian, I, I believe um, between Connor Vernon and, and Donovan Varner, when those two guys were on the field together, both of them came out of Miami area. And, um, man, they – I feel like those were, like, cuts. Like, I don't know, like the OGs, man, with the Cutcliffe era. And uh, I will have to say, I, I think Connor Vernon is probably my favorite – like, just favorite. He's probably my favorite Duke football player. So, uh, I, nothing wrong with that pick. Nothing wrong with that pick. Appreciate it. Well, we're on to the second pick of the first round. Jamie, you are up, sir. Do you have a pick ready for us? I do. You didn't get my guy, so I'm ready to go. All right. With the second pick, Cut Roper will be selecting Jamison Crowder. And yeah, I, selected, I, I selected Crowder, I mean, because, first of all, I mean, I think a lot of us watched that replay of that game last week where he made the game-winning catch when Renfrey made the throw and Crowder made what looked to be almost an impossible catch because it was very well defended. So Crowder's going to – he would go down in Duke history no matter what at that point right there because that sent Wallace Wade into a frenzy, the fans rushing the field, Larry Fedora looking dumb, dumbfounded as usual. Uh, you know, but, like, looking at his stats, three straight seasons with over 1,000 yards. It started in 2012 with, with 1,074 yards, 76 receptions. Eight touchdowns, 108 receptions his junior year, 1,360 yards, eight touchdowns, 1,044 yards, and six touchdowns his senior year. So, I mean, you're looking at a touchdown machine. He was a target for the deep ball and in the red zone. I just love Jamison Crowder, and that basically sold me on the pick. 
And I think he's found a, a, a pretty good home with the Jets. He's, he's been utilized a lot, and especially with Robbie Anderson leaving. I think he's going to see a lot more passes this year if they have an NFL season. But I got to agree with you. He, uh, he definitely made a name for himself uh, at Duke and definitely uh, made a lot of Duke fans happy after that UNC game that night. All right, Josh, I believe you are next. Pick three. It looked like you were a little upset with Jamie. I think he took your guy for that, that first-round pick, but uh, do you have a backup? Are you ready for your pick? Yeah, so, um, yeah, that, those were my two favorites right there, but that's okay. Um, now I think we're in, we're in a, a time slot now where, we're, um, where I don't believe there's a clear-cut anything, and so this is just going to be fun. Uh, for me, so I think I'm going to go with the 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 position player, stat wise and eye test wise, who stands above the the other people in his position the most. All right, that's that's my thought process going into this. So the pick is in Brian. If you want to cue the all right with the third pick in the Cutcliffe era Duke football draft. Living rent free in your head selects running back Sean Wilson. Sean Wilson from 2014 to 2017. Um, and here's why um, his rushing attempts and yardage are the most in the Cutcliffe era. Uh, rushed for a total of 2,463 yards in his career. His senior season in 2017, 818 rushing yards, uh, 18 rushing touchdowns um, for his career. But that's really just a part, if you know Sean Wilson's game, that's just a part of his game. Um, Receiving-wise, um, another uh, 81 receptions for his career, 725 receiving yards, and six additional touchdowns. Uh, receiving and so uh, 24 touchdowns uh, between rushing and receiving for his career and that doesn't also count his special teams play uh, which he was actively involved in um, and, and the thing I love about Sean Wilson is I, from a freshman man from a true freshman season all the way through his senior year he was just as, as steady and solid as they come explosive um, and he's found a he's found a spot I know he was down in um I think he was in Washington for a little while, and then he's in, he was in Tampa on the practice squad and made it up maybe a couple of games. I, I think he's got a shot to make it on somewhere. Uh, but Sean Wilson, man, number three overall pick, and I'm happy with it. Well, and don't forget that Kansas game, Josh, 245 yards, the most in Duke history. And I think that definitely supplanted him as being the future running back because, I mean, let's just call it like it is in 14. He was behind um, Shaq Powell and Josh Sneed based on mm -hmm. the stats, and then – uh, they made way for him uh, really in – I mean, I would say in 15 he really came out, but that 14 game against Kansas is where people started realizing he was going to be a special player for sure. Yeah, and what I love is that we, I think we've had other guys in the past, and not to hate on him at all, but like a Britton Brown who had a really breakout game. You know, Baylor, I believe it was. He just went crazy. But then injuries, you know what I mean, caught up with him throughout the rest of his career. Sean Wilson was able to stay relatively injury-free and and really lived up to that, you know, that breakout game that he had against Kansas as a freshman. Yeah, I think that was a good pick. I mean, of the running backs, I think that was the best one to pick for tonight. But there are others, and we'll get to them for sure. But uh, now that the third pick is out of our way, Scott, 
you now have back-to-back -back picks, sir. Picks four and five. We'll start with that fourth pick. You got a pick in? Are you ready? Do you have a player? Yes, he does. He gives us a thumbs up. I will say this real fast. That was the, the Sean Wilson was the guy I was going to take care of for. So I knew it was going to happen eventually. So there we go. We got it over and done in the first round. We're, we're already becoming bitter enemies, and it's not even the end of yes. the first round. <laughs> yes, this is, this is wonderful. But that's okay. Hey, can, can, can I just say, too, all four of us are actually in the same fantasy, actual fantasy football league um, <laughs> as well in the fall. And, and we do this with Scott a lot. We always – we like to take – a guy right ahead, you know, of him. Whatever he wants, we'll take it right before he wants it. So this is just like normal fantasy football. No big deal. This is this is getting me ready for the NFL season when we do have it. So I am ready. So with the number four pick in the uh, Cut and Cliff Era draft, I'm actually going to go a little bit different here. Um, I'm going to go with Devon Edwards as my first pick. Uh, in his four years from uh, 20. 13 to 2016, he amassed 328 tackles, 14 for loss, eight and a half sacks, five interceptions, six forced fumbles. And here's the, my favorite part about the whole deal. He had 2,066 yards of returns with six total touchdowns. The man was all over the place. And even better, he is one of the flashiest dressers right now. If you saw him over at Duke, he is set up to the nines. He looks great. But shout, that, out, shout out to Devon Edwards, too. He just got married uh, not long ago. So he just tied true. the knot, man. Locked it down for life. That's right. Yeah, you got to look good on Scott's team. We've come to find that out for sure. Great, hey. great selection uh, for you, Scott. And, now, with that being said, you keep building on that team. Who do you have for a fifth pick? Do you have a pick ready for us? I do. Well, the pick is in for Scott's team. I am going to go with Shaquille Powell, the running back. Um, really did not get as many carries as most of the running backs do because he was there during the era where we did a lot of goal line sneaks and things like that. Um, he did amass 1,593 yards rushing. He had seven rushing touchdowns, uh, 460 yards receiving, and he had four receiving touchdowns. Uh, played four seasons for Cutcliffe. Um, he did also have some issues while he was here on campus. Um, his, I think his mother or one of his family members had some health issues also. His, his young, it was younger, younger, brother. younger brother, Malachi. That's right. They're Malachi. That's right. And um, he was still able to stay with the program with Duke, play football, and still be able to be there for his family and things like that. And, you know, these are 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids or young adults. Yeah, Duke's hard enough by itself. But then you had that family issue, that family part of that whole deal. And he was still able to stay with Duke and still – be at the high level that he was and still be a team leader. So you can't beat that. Yeah, I mean, through all that, guys, remember this. He played in a bowl game all four years he was at Duke. Not many Duke players can say that. True. 
So he's definitely had the experience. So obviously, like you guys said, some family issues, but I mean, he made the most out of, out of his time here at Duke between, you know, 2012 and 2015. Good pick. I, I think that's a good running back to have in your backfield, Scott, for sure. All right. Two great picks from Scott. I like those. I like both those picks. Good, good way to, to set the tone for your team. All right. We are back to Josh, I believe, third pick. Yeah, it is mine. Um, here I come back with my uh, second pick for my team and uh, living rent-free in your head. Boom, there we go. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my team name, and I'm going to draft quarterback Sean Rent-Free um, with my second pick. Um, and I am doing so with the following stats in mind. Um, he really uh, was our quarterback for three seasons. He did not uh, play much his freshman season. He, he um, was behind Thad Lewis, uh, a senior Thad Lewis, which is completely understandable. Um, but in, in his three seasons um, as our quarterback, he threw for over 3,000 yards twice, two out of the three seasons. Um, he threw um, a, a total of 51 career touchdowns. I will say his interception rate was a little high, um, but his his accuracy, that's what's kind of odd about Renfrey. I mean, my man, my man threw an accurate ball. He threw his uh his final two seasons, 65% completion percentage, and then 67.3% completion percentage. Um, and and actually in his senior season, uh he dropped off the percentage at the end. He was at 70%. For the majority of that year, he was throwing at a 70% completion percentage. Um, and so I, I go Sean Renfrey. Uh, I think part of this is a little sentimental for me. I believe that if Duke were, were to be able to clone Sean Renfrey for four years and four years and four years, um, that as successful as we have been um, in our recent history, uh, we would be even more successful uh, just with the accuracy. I believe that's something that we've struggled with a little bit from the quarterback position. Drop passes don't help that accuracy percentage, but I still think if we had a guy approaching 70%, 65 to 70% uh, throwing the ball, man, we'd, we'd have won a few more games over the last few years. So Sean Renfrey is my guy. Well, and we can thank him, Josh, because he led us to our first um, bowl game. I forgot the- about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. He threw the infamous pass to Jamison Crowder uh, in the end zone at Wallace Wade to beat UNC. And uh, one of the – it was the first defining moment, I believe, legit defining moment in the Cutcliffe era. Uh, and Renfrey was the guy. And he honestly he had struggled that entire second half, not move the ball. Carolina had come back. And just to see him lead the team down there, set it up on fourth down – it was fourth and, you know, whatever. Uh, man, what an incredible clutch player. For sure, for sure. And like you said, it, it, just imagine what he probably could have done if he had all four years to play. Um, but still, three productive years at Duke. And, again, we thank you, Sean, for that pass to Jamison so we could get to the belt ball that year. All right. Jamie, you have your second pick. Are you ready, sir? He is. Still waiting for Jamie to be unmuted. Sorry about that. There we go. All right. With my 
with my second pick in the draft, I would cut Roper is going to take running back Deion Jackson. And my reasoning behind that is, well, I mean, not only can I line him up at running back, but I can also, I can put him in the slot as a receiver. I can put him, you can even line him up out wide as a receiver. And in his years at Duke, he, his best year running the ball, he had 161 rushes, 847 yards at 5.3 yards of carry, which is fantastic. And he also, that year, he had 26 receptions for another 253 yards and 9.7 yards per catch. Seven touchdowns on the ground and another two touchdowns through the air. And in his last year, 2019, he he had more rushing attempts, but the rushing yardage was down. Only 641 yards, 3.7 yards attempt, but six touchdowns. 192 yards through the air at 9.1 yards per reception and another two touchdowns. So, and Mark, I really like Dion. I just think he's a very versatile player. Uh, once again, he kind of he kind of splits carries quite a bit in the Duke system. So you're not going to see that. Probably not going to see that a thousand yards rushing from him. But he just does so many things on the field. Jamie, here's here's one thing to consider. Obviously, um, his first year he was a third string running back, based off of the stats. Right. This year he only needs 315 yards to crack the top 10 all-time rushing yards at Duke. Something to think about. Again, another player had they really been given the ball their first year, they had four true years in their position. Just try to think where they would be at as far as stats go at Duke. Just crazy. Andy was a second team all ACC pick in 18. So right, right. great. I think that's a great pick. Another, another good solid running back in your backfield for sure. All right. Back to back picks for me. I'll end round two and start round three. I believe, yes, my pick is in. For my second pick for my team. I'm a numbers guy. I got to go numbers. So I'm picking Thad Lewis, quarterback from 2006 to 2009. Big dog, I see you. You're a little upset. Sorry, bud. I mean, he only had two years under Cutcliffe. So the numbers I'm about to reel off are pretty impressive because his first two years were under Ted Roof. We all know how that went. It was a disaster. Number one in career passing yards, 10,065 passing yards. Number one in career passing touchdowns at Duke, 67. Um, second in single season passing yards, 3,330. Uh, he had the fourth most passing yards in a single game against NC State in 2009, 459 yards. I remember listening, wasn't able to watch it because I was at my wife's parents' home in West Virginia, and they did not have cable to watch the game. So I literally logged into a computer and pulled up the Duke radio network. And here's a stat I found doing my research. He has the most consecutive pass attempts without an interception at Duke. 206 passes without an interception. That's unheard of at Duke. I mean, even for all of our quarterbacks that we've had and our receivers, 206. That's quite a feat. But I'm happy to have him on my team. I think him hooking up with Connor Vernon, that's going to be quite the connection. So, Thad, happy to have you on the clock cleaners. Hey, right, I, I think I think that's a great pick, Byron. And I also – I think it would be uh, foolish not to mention he also went on the NFL 
and yep. stayed in the league for several years. And even uh, the, I believe the Buffalo Bills were probably the spot where he actually got a little bit of a shot there, started a few games with them uh, in a significant season. And so, uh, man, Thad Lewis is an incredibly talented guy for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, fellas, we're going to start that third round. I get the first pick in the third round. The pick is in. Oh. So this guy was actually going to be the number one pick for me. But again, after doing my research, I, I decided against it. I figured he would be available after a few rounds. So the third player that will be on Cutcliffe's clock cleaners, and he will fit well with my defense, Ross Cockrell, defensive back. Played in every game of his college career, so that's 45 games he had. Tied for sixth all-time with interceptions at Duke. He had 12 for his career. Led the ACC in interceptions in 2012. He had five that year. He was a top 15 defender three out of the four years while he played in the ACC. Here's something that I really, really hope our guys do this year, this stat. Led the ACC in passes defended in 2013. He had 12 passes defended. And he's still in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's been in the NFL since 2014. The Bills picked him up. Now, he has kind of shuffled around from teams. He's played for the Bills. Steelers, the Giants, now he's with Jamie's uh, Panthers. But again, <laughs> Jamie's excited. But that just shows you the longevity of his career. I mean, he could have a, another good five to seven years in the NFL. And again, if our guys can just get close to the level that Ross Cockrell had, it's going to be fun watching him this year in 2020 for sure. But Ross Cockrell is going to be leading my defense. I think he's going to be good with my, uh, my team. And uh, I'm happy I waited because, he again, he was going to be my first pick. Glad I waited. Yeah, for sure, man. And and I, once again, similar to Lewis, but Cockrell making it into the league, I think, has helped, uh, you know, Duke football. Um, he was one of the first guys on the defensive side of the ball uh, really to crack into the – get into the NFL. And um, he, I mean, he had some – he had a couple solid seasons in Pittsburgh, like solid, solid seasons. And so, I man, he's legit. Love that guy. Yeah, a couple of playoff appearances too. So he's definitely he's definitely seen it all. Just needs that championship for sure. Brian got my guy. He got my guy. I was gonna I was gonna go for Ross. I was hoping to go for him a little later in the draft. My Panthers. So I've already upset uh, Scott and and Jamie. Uh, Josh, I'm coming for you, man. I don't know who you've got on on the uh, horizon, but I gotta I gotta get one of your guys. But well, Jamie, I'm sorry I upset you, but you've got the uh, the next pick in the third round. Do you have it ready? I do. With my next pick, Cut Roper will select Daniel Jones or Danny Dimes, as he's come to be known. DJS. Uh, you know, I love I love Daniel Jones. Brian, not so much, but yeah, you know, I've always <laughs> I, I, I love Daniel Jones, and he's he's got a lot of. He's got the it factor to me. He's not only can he throw the ball, but he can, he's sneaky athletic too. We've seen that multiple times. Uh, I think I even went on record as calling him uh, Cam Newton Jr. in Wallace Wade Stadium one time, which I think got some negative remarks from Brian. But uh, I did not have my stats ready. I'm sorry. 
Well, while you're looking it up, I just remember the Duke UNC game uh, that he had his last game as a Duke football player. I was there along with uh, the rest of the guys. And not only was he just passing at his will, I mean, he was running all over the team. Uh, he was just, he basically had them uh, in the palm of his hand. And, you know, we like to joke, he did shake my hand before the game. So I think I kind of had a little help, gave him a little help beforehand. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Scott, you know, calling me out uh, while you. he was go going down the Duke walk, it, it might not have ever happened. And we might have had a completely different result to that game. I would yeah, like to think that was the reason he played so well <laughs> was because we called him out and you shook his hand. And that's why he played the game he did against the that other team from eight miles away. I mean, with his stats, his, his completion percentage is only career 59.9%, but his two best years were uh, his first year at 62.8%, and his last year at Duke, he had 60.5%. Um, his passing yards, 80, over 8,200 yards for his career. Uh, we know he had some injuries, too. That's the one, I think, downside with Daniel that we saw he had some injuries while he was at Duke. Um, touchdowns, his total touchdowns, 52 for his career. So uh, 29 interceptions for a 122.9 QB rating. So, I mean, solid, solid player. And obviously he's been – he had a great first year for the, for the Giants too, and I hope he continues on that trajectory with the Giants. Hey, Jamie, what were his, uh, his rushing – his rushing numbers and touchdowns. Um, do you have yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, I do. He had in his first year he had 141 attempts, which is like really high for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. 486 yards, 3.4 yards of carry. He had seven touchdowns. That shows how many goal line touches he got. And his next year he also had seven touchdowns, quite a bit of goal line touch, touches. But his last year there at Duke, he only had 319 rushing yards and only three touchdowns. I, I think they kind of went away from the goal line touches for DJ there his last year. 1,323 rushing yards career at Duke, 17 touchdowns. I mean, that's a running back's numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and let's, let's be fair to Daniel Jones, too. Uh, his last – especially his last season, but I believe his last two seasons at, at the quarterback position at Duke, uh, our receivers and tight ends dropped the ball at an alarming – rate I mean an alarming rate I believe I saw a stat one of the seasons was like 39 drops um and and, and it's it's just, it was absolutely incredible uh the amount of balls that hit guys like in the chest or like hit them in the face mask and we wouldn't catch it and so I do think you got to factor that in a little bit in his completions percentage and let's be honest he was running for his life too like I mean how many times do we see Daniel have to have to scramble and you know just get out of there pretty quickly not I mean because he's pretty comfortable in the pocket he's shown that but he was a lot of times running for his life at Duke still I think that's a great quarterback for your team Jamie I mean a good good contributor I mean dual threat quarterback can't go wrong with that pick I, I think that was a, a good choice with uh, the quarterbacks that were remaining from the Cutcliffe era all right Scott Let's go ahead and end that. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Josh. See, this <laughs> – Josh got a little offended. My, my apologies, Josh. My, my apologies. I mean, come on. <laughs> I knew I'd upset you some way, so there we yeah. go. <laughs> All right, sorry um, about that. Are you ready? I am ready, man. I am ready. Um, with – there we go. I was waiting for my, <laughs> for my music. 
Uh, with my third pick, um, living rent-free in your head, is going to select wide receiver TJ Roming. Um, and here's the reason why. Number one, I wanted to fill out my offense first before I went to my defense. Um, <clears throat> number two, I feel like that TJ's stats are significantly higher than the next wide receiver on my board, uh, who I actually really, really like, but TJ's stats are so much better. Um, for, for TJ's career, um, 253 receptions, uh, almost 3,000 receiving yards, 2,919 uh, receiving yards. Um, I mean, just his, his uh, um, yardage, man. I mean, 13, 13 a catch, 10 a catch, 12 a catch, 10 a catch for his career, 11 and a half um, yards per catch, 13 total touchdowns, eight of them in his senior season. Um, if there was one glaring area, maybe it was his touchdowns throughout his career. He was more of that possession receiver. And I think where we really saw TJ shine, uh, was on third down. Um, you know, especially, and once again, I believe he was a victim of a bad offensive scheme. Um, TJ should have been in the slot his entire career. And as we've all kind of joked, um, they, they threw him outside a lot and they also threw him in the red zone where they should have been throwing, we feel like, the guys like Aaron Young, you know, your 6'4 guys instead of your 5'9 five, five, guys. All that being said, TJ was, was incredibly consistent throughout his entire career. Um, and his dad is, follows us on Twitter, uh, is a really awesome guy. And, uh, and so, anyway, uh, TJ Roming, love the guy. I believe he's got a future. Um, bounced around a little bit, but I believe he's got a future. Uh, to, to make a little bit of noise on the next level for sure. Well, what a way to go out for his college career. He had 240 receiving yards against Temple in that Independence Bowl game. I remember watching that. That was an impressive feat. Danny Dimes was just throwing bullets all over the place. And Rami, he just he – he wouldn't drop a pass. So, again, quite the way to end your Duke career. And, and like you said, Josh, I mean, the stats don't lie. The most receptions in ACC history. I mean, we've just – Guys, think about this. Since 2008, we've been reeling off some folks who have been in the top ten for not just Duke, but for the ACC when it comes to stats. If only we could have had them all together on a team. That would have been quite an impressive feat for sure. No question, man. And just to think where we were before then, man, uh, you know, between Spurrier and Cutcliffe, just the – the you know, we had one little one little peak there between those two, but, but majority was just valleys. <laughs> yeah. For sure. A, a great pick, again, with uh, the players remaining from the Cutcliffe era. I think that was a, a very, very good choice as far as for your wide receiver of who's going to throw to. All right, now, Scott, my apologies again to Josh. Uh, you've got back-to-back -back picks. Let's make sure you're unmuted. So we've got you ready. Scott, is the pick in? I'm looking at him. He's still thinking about it. Is the pick in? Sorry. Yes, the pick is in. Right. And for the record, all three of you took guys I wanted, but that's okay. We'll live with that. Um, for the next pick, I'm going to select another defensive player. This was a rough one for me, but I'm going to go with the current player on my defensive line. I'm going to go with Chris Rump. My man has only played two seasons. He's already been hyped for this coming season if we have one. 
which is wonderful. We, we have very few defensive lines slash – well, he's a hybrid. Let's just be honest. He is no defensive lineman. He is no linebacker. He's a hybrid. But he is a great player. He's had uh, 72 total tackles in two seasons, 21 and a half for loss. He's had nine and a half sacks, one forced, one forced fumble. So the guy's everywhere. And to think there were some games where we just didn't know where he was. He, you know, they never went to his side, so he was never in on the play. And he went through three or four games where he was the only guy that seemed like making tackles. So that seems like a perfect defensive lineman to have on your team. Yeah, and and, and once again, I, we don't have a, uh, access to advanced stats, but I would love to see his number of snaps. I, I just don't I, – I feel like he, he doesn't even – he's definitely not killing – he's not on the field a ton. Um, and when he is out there, he is so effective. Uh, the analytics, um, that's where he really has gained traction in, in national news with college football is that they're seeing how productive he is at how few of snaps he's on the field. And my man is absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, Scott, I think you got a great player seeing as he's already uh, right outside the top ten for all-time sacks in Duke history. Right. Only needs two and a half to crack the top 10 and he's got what, two years left if he stays? That's crazy to think. You know, um, he also tied for 10th in single season sacks, six and a half last year. We saw a majority of those sitting in section 17. It was quite a feat. Great player. I, I cannot wait to see what he does this year. I mean, to be the number two returning edge defender only behind uh, Quincy Roche of Miami, that's a lot of recognition. I mean, that's a lot to put on your shoulders, but uh, if Chris can do anything like he did last year, if not more, it's going to be fun watching him this year for sure. This is true. All right. Your second not, pick, Scott. You ready? It is ready. And I, I feel as if I'm going to be stealing this from Josh, but I'm going to go with Donovan Varner. Uh, in his career at Duke, he had 207 receptions. Uh, 2,660 yards. He had 13 touchdowns receiving, and he had one rushing uh, reception touchdown. Uh, definitely was, you know, one of the leaders with Connor Vernon. Uh, just a, he was all around great team guy. And you could see him on the sideline pumping the team up, keeping everybody into it. And uh, it's good to see that now, and I, I don't have the, where he's at right now, but when Scotty uh, Montgomery was at East Carolina, he was a wide receivers coach for him two seasons ago before Scotty got let go there at East Carolina. So he got into coaching to teach others what he learned as a football player. Yeah, I don't know where he's coaching, but he's somewhere. And I will say this, man, just watching that guy on the side from the, from the stands, just watching him on the sidelines on the field, uh, that's the kind of guy I would want. If I had a son that was playing football, Give me Don, Donovan Varner, uh, you know, to mentor him and to coach him, and I love that guy. Yeah, Donovan was so underrated at Duke, too. I mean, I mean, he played alongside of Connor Vernon, and, like, so these other guys get the attention, but Donovan was so underrated. He just had great years at Duke. Yeah, he's at Rhode Island, guys. I just looked it up. Rhode Island. Yeah, that, I just found that also. So. Josh, was that going to be a flex consideration for you? I mean, Scott was pretty sure that uh, he took one of your guys. 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, it was not. Um, I, I did. He was my other guy other than TJ. Um, but I just felt TJ's stats, you know, were, were, were better. Um, it's my pick, though, right? Yes, it is your pick. <laughs> I'm not going to make the same mistake again. You were – I just – I wanted to just ask. So, yeah. Uh, are you are you ready? Do you have your, oh, your next pick? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. With my fourth round pick for my flex position. Now, flex can be anything. Can be anybody, anything. Um, and so, for my flex position, I am taking quarterback Brandon Kinnett. Brandon Kinnett. And let me explain why. When you look up Brandon Kinnett's college stats on sportsreference.com, his rushing stats come up before his passing stats, and that is why. So Brandon Kinnett is the ultimate touchdown thief for running backs in the Cutcliffe era um, at Duke. Uh, let me just read you um, his numbers. In 2010, um, Brandon had eight rushing touchdowns. Um, he played 12 games, only 78 rushing attempts. Eight of them were touchdowns. He got injured in 2011, only played two games. We're not, he did have one touchdown. His red shirt, uh, I guess that'd be his red shirt sophomore season or 2012, whenever that was, he had eight more touchdowns on only 41 rushing attempts. And then uh, in 2013, which was the Anthony Boone year, uh, the, that was the, the big season, the 10-3 and three, uh, season, Brandon Kinnett, 101 attempts, 14 touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns. And then let me just say this, in that same year, because uh, Anthony got hurt, and so he also threw for 1,200, uh, 1,212 yards, and 13 touchdowns. So in 2013, my man was responsible for 27 touchdowns. My ultimate flex, and he was my plan from the beginning. This has worked out masterfully, Brandon Kinnett. Well, he, he could back up your running back or your uh, wide – I mean, uh, quarterback, Josh. So, yeah, that, that was a smart pick. And for all you – uh, Duke fans out there who don't think that quarterbacks don't uh, vulture touchdowns connects the career rushing touchdowns leader for Duke at 31. Food for thought. I mean, come incredible, on. incredible. And I got him in the four, in the fourth round guys. <laughs> incredible. Josh, Josh feels as though he got the steal of the pick. We'll see. Still a lot of players out there. I believe uh, it's Jamie's turn next. Jamie. He's got the thumbs up. That means the pick is in. I'm going with my next pick, Cut Roper, going with a guy we've only seen for one year. But he's got a lot of potential. At my flex, I'll take Jalen Calhoun. I really like Jalen. Like I said, we've only seen him for one year. He played with a quarterback. So let's be honest, Quentin is not. Not the greatest quarterback in the world, let's be honest. But he still, I mean, he had a very productive year for his first year. He played in all 12 games. He had 46 receptions for 420 yards at 9.1 yards per uh, per catch with four touchdowns. 
Um, he also completed one pass for 25 yards. So he's, he's a little bit, he's multidimensional. I like him. He's a great athlete. He seems like a great kid. I look forward to seeing him for hopefully three more years uh, at Duke. So. For sure. Good pick. I, th I think that's a solid flex. Uh, we still haven't seen a lot. I mean, we've got three more years, hopefully, uh, to see what Calhoun can do for this Duke team. Very, very excited to see uh, what he can bring to the table, especially in 2020 with Cut uh, yeah. calling the plays. Hey, if you guys have not yet, uh, the All-22 podcast, the, the, the official Duke football podcast, uh, they interviewed Mark Gilbert. And, you know, Mark's been out for two seasons, and they were asking him in spring practice, you know, who's the guy that stood out to you? And, man, without question, like he didn't even – he just blurred out. He said, Jalen Calhoun is special. That guy is special. And, um, I mean, yeah, once again, I believe with a, with a different setup on offense, uh, we just seen his numbers – uh, probably double, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Again, a good pick, Jamie. Now, back-to-back -back picks for the clock cleaners. And I still have some guys available, so thank you guys for going outside of y'all's boxes. I mean, some guys I didn't even consider, so, again, good picks. But the pick is in for the clock cleaners. So I've got to keep building this defense up. Someone's got to help Ross on that front line. And so I'm going to go with Victor Demukajay. There it is. Yeah, I got Josh. So I believe he's a senior, right, fellas? Correct me if I'm wrong. He's starting 17, Josh? Yeah, he's got one more year. Yeah. He's one got more one more year. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So one more year to go. God, I hope we have a football season. <laughs> Tied for six for the most sacks in Duke history. He's already got 14 for his career. Um, he need, he had three sacks in a single game, and that's the second most in Duke history against Georgia Tech in 2019. Had the fifth most sacks in a single season last year, eight and a half. And here's something for you. We all hope he can do it. Victor, if you listen to this, you've got my, you've got my vote of confidence here. He needs nine sacks this season to become the all-time sacks leader at Duke. 22 is the number. Nine more. And then one more little tidbit. He is only one of three defensive players in Duke history to start in multiple bowl game victories. So he's already seen it all. Just focus on the sacks. Get through the O-line. Take the quarterback down. That's why I drafted you for my team. I know you can do it. Get your nine sacks. Get that record. and right off into the sunset at the end of the year. Victor, welcome to the clock cleaners. Josh, I'm glad I finally got you. <laughs> man, big Vic, man. I was, you know, when, when Scott picked Rump, like I get that pick because it's 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 a potential pick and like the, the flares there and my man's getting like national recognition. But dude, big Vic, man, when imagine this coming season when when you got Rump on the on the edge and big Vic on the line with him, man. Oh I I love him. I love it. Love the pick. I think I think it's going to be fun watching it because you've got to worry about them coming from each side. Who's going to be on the right? Who's going to be on the left? It's going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. All right. Let me get my second pick ready to toss up. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you guys. I don't think you uh, had any idea about this linebacker, but the pick is in. He only played one year for Cutcliffe in 2008. 
Y'all know who I'm talking about. Michael Tauilili. I probably butchered that last name. I'm sorry, Michael. Uh, my apologies. But again, number one in the ACC in total tackles in 2008. 140. That was fifth in the ACC. That's 10th all time. So in one season, he, he got into the top 10 for total tackles for the team record. Unbelievable. Uh, number one in the NCAA and the ACC in assisted tackles. He had 80. Uh, first team all ACC selection in 2008. Again, I'm a numbers guy. When I saw all these ones going down, I, he was going to be my pick from the first minute we announced this draft. And then he's fourth in all-time tackles at Duke with 434. Now, again, he was a Ted Roof guy, but I really think he flourished under the Cutcliffe regime for his senior year. I just wish he had been here for four years under Cutcliffe. I would have loved to have seen what he could have done with Cutcliffe's team for four years. And you pronounce it Michael Ta'ili Ely. Uh, thank you, Scott. Again, I completely butchered it. My apologies. But, again, it doesn't – I'll just call him Big Mike. He's on my team now. And, and he's actually changed his last name. I don't know what it is, but he has changed it over the years after. I think it's it, like Jones yeah. or something like that. I thought it was Brown, then he changed it. I, I don't no, know. No, it's Brown. It's Brown oh, now. That's what it okay. is. See, that's easy for me now. Michael Brown. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But, again, once I saw these numbers, we've, got, we've had a lot of good linebackers, but once I saw that, again, to go from Ted Roof's defense to Cutcliffe's, I mean, I, I, again, he just flourished under Cutcliffe's defense that last year. But, again, I wish he had a, a couple of more years, but, you know, can't be greedy. It, it was fun in 08 while it lasted. So I, he, all, he was actually my number one linebacker on my list. That oh, was yeah. the first guy I wrote down. So that's, yep. that's pretty good that you picked him. So Yeah. <laughs> all right. We have flipped back, and we are back to Jamie. Jamie, are you ready? Do you have your pick? Thumb is up. I was down to two guys right here, and I, I went linebacker as well. With my, with Cut Roper is going to select Joe Giles Harris. Um, he's just a great all-around player and athlete. He had 313 total tackles for his career at Duke just in three years. I mean, his first year, he did. I mean, there was nothing. He didn't play a red shirt, or I, I can't recall honestly. But his his first year, he had 107 total tackles. After that, he had 125 total tackles. Then 81 his final year with Duke. And in 2017, he had uh, also had three and a half sacks. So he had eight and a half sacks for his career. So he's good at getting to the quarterback, too. Just an athletic guy that I want playing on my defense. Yeah, another great pick. Uh, most outstanding player for Duke in 2017. Second team All-American in 2017. Eight and a half career sacks. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Joe Giles, I mean, he was just – he was a great linebacker. Again, I, I, you can't go wrong with that pick. I mean, again, we've had – a lot of good linebackers uh, throughout the years. But Joe Giles, I actually had him second on my list. If Michael had been taken, he would have been my, my number two for sure. Great pick, Jamie. All right. Let's move on. Josh looked a little flustered after that last pick. I, I can hear him just huffing and puffing. But it's all right. There are other 
great players still left on the draft board. Josh, have you have you refocused? Do you have a, another pick in line? Are you ready? Uh, I am ready since my first two linebackers have been taken. All right. And my first – Sorry, Josh, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's fine. And my first two defensive linemen have been taken. That's okay. That's the way fantasy football works, right? You just got to roll with it. So uh, I'm my my hand is being forced, um, and I'm going to go linebacker, and I'm going to go with another Ted Roof era guy, who crossed over for the last two seasons into the Cutcliffe era. Uh, one of the most successful NFL players um, in Duke history, and that is Vincent Ray, linebacker from the years 2006 to 2009, spent, I believe, his entire NFL career with the Cincinnati Bengals, was even a captain, uh, I believe, on their team and started um, at linebacker uh, for, you know, uh, numerous games uh, with the Bengals and um, just an an all-around good football player. His stats, um, his freshman season, he, he played in every game, but he wasn't a starter. Um, but beginning his sophomore campaign, um, he had uh, 111 uh, tackles. He had eight and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, and uh, just 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 incredible. Uh, three forced fumbles that year as well. And then his junior season, 109 tackles, um, ten and a half for loss, two sacks, an interception that year. Just a great. Season and closed it out with 98 sacks, eight and a half for loss, two interceptions, uh, his senior season. And so I am I'm very happy with that pick because I really like him as a person. Um, and, uh, yeah, Vinny Ray, I'll take him all day long. Seen him multiple times uh, over the last few years. And, in fact, a couple weeks ago when they were doing the spring practice, right as they started the meetings, they brought him back on a Zoom conference meeting and had him talk up Duke to the current players. Uh, met him multiple times at multiple games over the years. Uh, just super nice, very approachable. Will talk whatever you want to talk with him. He'll stand there and talk to you 10, 15 minutes. He's just a super great guy. Yeah, I, I, I like him. And once again, um, Anytime we can have a guy who stayed in the NFL as long as he did, um, uh, you know, as a part of the the Duke um, Duke gang, um, then that's a good thing. So happy with my pick. Again, another solid pick. You can't go wrong. I mean, three top linebackers. So, um, well, we're getting close to the end, fellas. I think we uh, do one more turn around the bend, Scott, and then I'll end it uh, with the final round. I believe I'm only I've I've only got two players left. That's what I'm saying. Scott, Josh, you got, yeah, it's okay, Josh. Yeah, exactly. Two. We got two. We got this, fellas. We got this. All right. (laughs) Scott, I believe it's now your turn for your final two picks on the team. Josh just picked. Did you miss a pick? Am I missing something here? (laughs) I must have missed a pick because I'm missing three players. So... I do see everybody else has two, so somewhere I missed a, a player I selected, I guess. It's okay. We'll figure it we'll out. Let, I, tell, I tell you what, why don't we just go through, I'll make my last two picks, and then you make your last pick. 
with who's left. Does that, that sound right? That's fair? That's fair. That's fine. Okay. All right. Well, are you ready for your next pick? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Since uh, linebacker is the flavor of the day, uh, I'm going to stay and I'm going to go with Kelby Brown. Uh, had a very solid career for four seasons. Uh, had 242 total tackles, 23 and a half uh, for loss. He had four sacks, two INTs, three forced fumbles, and would have had more, but he blew his knee out earlier in, uh, I think, his next to last season. And the greatest thing about that to me was he was so much of a team guy that he went up to the booth and helped coach the players from the booth on crutches. So, and his parents actually still come to games. Mr. and Mrs. Brown come to all the home games still. Now they're from Charlotte, but still, they still come to the home games and stuff. And he was a great linebacker. He had his knee not gotten messed up. He could have had a chance to possibly get on somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that. Um, his brother also played uh, – was it Kyler, I believe yes. was his name? Yeah, so he also had a brother on the team. Just just a solid, solid pick. Great player. All right, I believe we're all done with linebackers. Scott, you, do you have your next pick ready? I have my next pick ready. And this to me was uh, – well, looking at what I have left – as far as what everybody that's been taken. This was a tough one for me because I really and truly was hoping to get Thad Lewis down there earlier. Love Thad Lewis. And it's actually funny, Josh and I were there that day in Raleigh and Carter Finley when it was silent as he carved them up like Thanksgiving turkey. But I digress. I am actually going to go with Thomas Sirk. I was looking at the numbers there compared to him and Anthony Boone, and there was actually the last two guys on the list there in my quarterback position. Uh, he only played two seasons at Duke. Uh, went on and played the third season there at uh, East Carolina for Scotty Montgomery. But in his time at Duke, he had – he was a 65% passer, which we don't say that much about Duke. Uh, threw for 2,691 2, yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He rushed for 1,047 yards. And he had 16 rushing touchdowns. Um, definitely great production. Can get, do it at the goal line. Can do it passing. And eight, eight interceptions is not bad. We had very few seasons where our quarterbacks only threw that few of interceptions. Yeah, I'm a Cirque, yeah. I'm a Cirque fan. I, I like him. Once again, I think he's just a great guy, and he's tr he is as true a dual threat quarterback um, as there is. He is the epitome of what a dual threat quarterback is. Can't go wrong with that pick with who was left for sure, Scott. Again, good pick this late in the draft. Uh, all right, I believe Josh, it's back to you, sir, with uh, your remaining picks. Pick or picks? Is your pick in? Are you ready? Um. I, I am almost I am almost ready and and once again uh, I got messed up a little bit um, with with my defensive guys kind of getting taken but hey you know what I'm not mad I'm not mad um, I am I'm gonna go on my D line um, give me just a second I just want to make sure something real quick 
just let me know when the pick's in. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go uh, with my D-line. I'm going to go with Kenny and Anicki. Kenny and Anicki uh, came and cut second season. <clears throat> and if you'll give me just a second, I'm going to pull up his stats. Um, but he was solid, man. Kenny played for five years um, because he was injured, one of them. Um, and then he went on and played in the NFL, played with the with the Broncos. Uh, with, champion. Uh, yeah, he is a champion. World champion. 2015, he was on the IR, but he won the title and he got a ring. Hey, as did fellow uh, Duke gang member Juwan Thompson. Juju, yes. Yep. Great guys. So here we go. Let's let's. Uh, the sacks are, are obviously the big thing that you that people look for. Uh, Fifteen and a half um, total sacks for uh, for Ananiki. Um and then his tackles. I mean, obviously on the D line, it's a little bit different. One hundred forty seven. Uh, tackles for his career, 25 for loss. His senior season, he had 12 and a half uh, tackles for loss. Uh, like I said, 15 and a half um, sacks, four forced fumbles uh, for his career. And uh, he was just a, he was just a big old boy, 6'5", 260, and, and was just um, – he was just a, a steady all-around defensive lineman. Uh, so, I'll, I'll take Kenny and Nicky. Josh, he's got one of the coolest nicknames around, the Night Train. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with, with, with Anna and Nikki. Uh, I'll be honest with you. My, my number one guy, though, was Big Vic, and so uh, I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> All right. Another good pick is down. Jamie, you are next, sir. Is the pick in? The thumb is up. With my next pick, I'm going to take Jeremy Cash. Uh, and Jeremy came to us from Ohio State. Thanks, thanks, Buckeyes, uh, on transfer. Um, and he made an immediate impact. In 2013, he had 121 total tackles, uh, along with four interceptions. Um, and three fumble recoveries and two, four, two forced fumbles. Uh, his next year, he had 111 tackles, uh, two interceptions, fumble recovery, and four forced fumbles. And then his final year at Duke, he had 100 tackles, uh, no interceptions that year, but three forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. So 335 tackles for his career at Duke. Just a great career. Eight total stacks. So he's also blitzing some from the safety spot. Just a great, great pickup when we were able to get him from Ohio State on transfer. Yeah, uh, first Duke player to ever be a three-time All-American pick as well. So, again, we've, we've had some stout uh, secondary players for sure. Now, Jamie, is he in your secondary or is he a linebacker? I'm just trying to – I'm putting him in a secondary. Oh, okay. Is, are you going to – does that mean he's got to cover the pass? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> I mean, basically his, basically when he was at Duke, we basically played a 4-3 because my man was right. up at the line of scrimmage about 90% of the time. But, uh, dude, he, he, was, he was legitimately a, an incredible guy, ball hawk. All right. 
An- another great pick. I mean, I, I was I was shocked Cash lasted this long. I thought he would have gotten picked up by now, but great pickup for you, Jamie. And my apologies, fellas. I realized that I was in the wrong. We're going to pick. Uh, I've got my last two picks, and then we're going to go back one more time, and then it's going to go Jamie, Josh, and Scott. It's, man, it's hard being the, the, the host and the moderator, so y'all cut me some slack. It's only our second episode. All right, last two picks. I need a running back, and I need a flex. I think I'll go running back first, not that it really matters, but I'm going to go with a guy that I feel, had he not been injured in 15 and 16, he could have had a very more productive than what he was, and that's Jalay Duncan. Uh, Number seven in career rushing yards at Duke, 2,463 yards, amassed 450 or more rushing yards in each season he played, this is the stat that I love the most. His career average per carry was 5.4 yards. And again, if he hadn't injured his peck in 15 and tore his Achilles in 16, and if Brandon Connett wasn't there, his uh, I believe his first two years, his stats probably would have been through the roof. But you dealt the 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 cards that you have to play. It is what it is. But again, I, I think he uh, overall. That might be my weakest position on this team in running back. But, again, Jalay Duncan, uh, nothing to frown about. I think he'd be a great running back uh, as long as he's injury-free. So that's my running back. Now for my flex, and I thought Josh was going to go this route, but he didn't. He, he went with my number three guy for flex. But it's like I said, I'm a numbers guy. And the all-time leading scorer at Duke football has not been picked yet until now so with my final pick and my flex position because we're not going to score every time we've got to kick the field goals and even if we do score who's going to kick the extra point well i'll tell you who's going to kick the extra point for the clock cleaners and that's ross martin kicker flex position josh i know you love that pick but let me reel off the these facts really quick and then i'll let you gush a little bit about your boy number one in Duke history for scoring, 430 points. Number one for career field goals made, 78. Number one for career field goals made in a single season, 26. Or, sorry, field goals made in a single season, 26, in 2015. Number one in Duke history for career field goal percentage, 83.9%. Y'all can stop me at any time because the stats just keep going and going and going. Basically, what I'm saying is I've got a clutch point producer as long as we're within the 30-yard line. So, Ross Martin, yes, you are my technically Mr. Irrelevant, but it does not matter. Welcome to the Clock Cleaners. I'm glad to have you on board. Josh, gush away. (laughs) Let me tell you, the most consistent field goal kicker. You knew everything you were getting from that guy. And uh, and I I said this in the first podcast, but it's worth repeating, uh, the fact that he is not – made his way onto a roster uh, in the NFL is it, it is actually mind-blowing uh, because he is money, man, from about 54 yards in, 55 yards in. He is money. Um, seems to be just a super cool guy. Got married uh, to a girl he met at Duke soon after he graduated, and he seems to be doing really well for himself. And um, I, I think that's a great – once again, this is numbers, man. We're talking about scoring points. He's the all-time – points leader in Duke history, man. I, I love Ross. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my team. Like I said, I think my running back is going to be my, my weakest link. But again, uh, I think overall I had a good pick, but we're not done. Jamie, you have your last pick. Uh, are you ready? Do you have your pick in? He does. I am ready. Uh, with my last pick, I waited till late to go uh, defensive line. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm surprised he was still there, to be honest. I'm going to go with Vince Ogabasi. Uh, Ted Roof recruited him, obviously, and he was – if I recall correctly, he was a pretty big-time recruit when we got him, like number one defensive tackle, right? Uh, so he – in his career, he finished his career at Duke with 14 total sacks. That's pretty good. Um, his, his freshman year, he only had a, one sack, but starting his sophomore year, he had four and a half sacks. Then he had six sacks his junior year. Then he finished it off with two and a half sacks. His total tackles, I mean, he only had 100, you know, being on the defensive line, he only had 164 total tackles at Duke. But that's really not what you look at in the defensive lineman. This guy was a a big guy, and he, he took up space on that defensive line, and that's what you like to see. Yeah, I was I was surprised he was left. Um, but, again, a, another great pick. What a way to, to, to take it home for your team. Cut Roper taking the Ogabasi. I mean, I, and I was saying he was the number – he's right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, the number one all-time recruit in Duke history as far yeah. as um, – you know, star, I think it was a four or five star recruit. So the fact that uh, Roof was able to get him. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, uh, he was. He's the number one rated recruit that we've ever brought in. So, um, yeah, he, he was he was incredible. And, and to be honest with you, and this is not to slight him, I actually think he kind of didn't meet up to some of his expectations even. And he still had an awesome career. Um, but I think his potential was he was way better than what he even, you know, produced on the field. And he's currently – go ahead. Go I was ahead, just saying, unfortunately, we couldn't – at that time with Ted Roof, we, he was about the only good player that, <laughs> that Ted Roof was, was going to be able to get. Uh, but – so he was surrounded by lesser talent, but I still think he performed pretty pretty well considering – He's currently the on the defensive line, a defensive line coach at Boston College this season. He just uh, got hired into the new coaching. Not not a bad place to be. Their defense was stout last year. Be interested to see how they do this year. That's for sure. All right. So Jamie is done. Josh, who you got for your last pick? Is the pick in? Pick is in. I struggle with this. This is my secondary pick, my DB safety pick. Um, I really struggled with this pick. Um, I have a sentimental guy who had a lot more interceptions um, that I really wanted to pick, and I'll save that for as we probably wrap up and talk about guys we didn't pick that we like, unless Scott takes him. Um, and then I have another guy that I really wanted to take that's got potential, um, but we've yet to see him finish his career. And so – I'm going to go with the more sure thing, and this is an older guy, but I'm going to go with uh, safety Matt Daniels. Matt Daniels as my, um, as my secondary pick, and here's why. 
Um, he played in 10 games as a freshman, but we're really not going to talk about much of that. Um, but he finished his career in the secondary with 324 tackles. And I just want to highlight his senior season. In the secondary, 126 tackles. That is incredible. That is more than linebackers. Um, and once again, I believe he played a little bit more of that Jeremy Cash role uh, where he was up on the line a lot more than he was back in coverage. And uh, I believe there's one infamous Matt Daniels play. Uh, I believe it was fourth and 29, uh, Virginia Tech. Third and four. And what was third it? Third and 42. Third, third and, 40. and 42. Yeah, third and 42, Virginia Tech. And they threw it right out of the middle of the field over Matt Daniels' head. Um, and uh, so he was burnt toast on that one. But but for his career, and he, he did wind up uh, with four interceptions um, for his career. Um, he he uh, three fumbles forced. Um, he was just a ball hawk, man. He, he loved tackling guys. And I'm happy. Um, I'm happy with uh, with Matt Daniels in my secondary. He's actually he's got into coaching once he quit playing, and this season he's currently a assistant special teams coach for that team with a star on their helmets. Brian, oh. you know them. Nice. They make good decisions. <laughs> no comprende. Sorry. All good. And again, uh, uh, kind of a surprise pick, Josh. I'm not going to lie. Uh, like you said, there were some guys uh, that are left on the board. We'll get into that once Scott makes his final pick. But uh, still, not a bad pick at all. I get, we've got. I'm just glad that we're able to do this draft, and we've got enough players to actually have a draft of this magnitude. Because if we were talking maybe what ten years ago, we wouldn't even be doing this right now. But with that being said, <laughs> Scott. Are you ready to take us home? Is your pick in? You ready to go? All right. Yes. So the final pick in, in this draft, it is not Mr. Irrelevant. The guy Saturday night in the final pick of the NFL draft is Mr. Irrelevant. But uh, tough. I mean, this is a tough pick looking at all the different people I still have left on the board that I wrote down. I'm actually going to go in my flex position with Josh Sneed, local guy, uh, had 1,769 yards rushing, 28 total touchdowns. I uh, had two receiving touchdowns in four seasons here at Duke. Uh, he was another one that uh, kind of got lost on the quarterback from the two-yard line every time at the goal line, but had a very good career. I mean, almost 1,800 yards rushing at Duke is very good. And it was one of the first local guys that we uh, were able to sign under Cutcliffe. So I feel like looking at what I had left offensively as a flex position, if I was going to go down that road, that seems to me to be the best player I had left on my board. Yeah, I don't think you're getting any arguments from us. I mean, again, there's still some players left, but um... – I mean, still a great draft for everyone, guys. I mean, I got to tell you, uh, we, we went a little bit longer than we did the first episode, but you know what? That's what happens when you have these type drafts. Had a lot of fun. Really did. I mean, definitely some picks stolen away from, from guys. You could see the, uh, the, the anger, which we love when we have these drafts. 
Um, but it was really a fun, fun time. Drafting some of the best players who have played during this Cutcliffe era from 2008 to currently uh, the present day. Um, before we get done with uh, the episode, guys, any final thoughts on the draft? Any players that were kind of left on the draft board that uh, y'all thought might have been taken tonight? I mean, I, I was down <clears throat> my last – one of my last picks with Jeremy Cash. I came down between him and Mark Gilbert. I was, I was really close to selecting Mark Gilbert. Like, he had the six interceptions. Uh, when we've seen him healthy, I mean, Mark Gilbert is fantastic. I mean, he's a great cornerback, one of the best in the country. The, pro, uh, the only thing that stopped me from selecting him was his, was his injury. Yeah, he was, he was, he was one of the two uh, other guys uh, other than Matt Daniels for me. Um, it was him. And then my guy that I wanted to pick, Sentimental, he's from Statesville, North Carolina, Breon Borders. Um, Breon Borders was – he ended up with 12, I believe, 12 interceptions, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> but what I liked about him is they were pretty even. It was like four, three, four, three throughout his career. Like, he, he was very consistent. Um, and he's still in the league, I believe. Um, Buffalo or somebody just signed him or somebody just made a move for him. Um, but Mark Gilbert's a great one. Um, Breon Borders. And then one I'll, I'll throw out there, uh, and we mentioned it was Juwan Thompson. Um, at running back, he, he didn't get selected, but he was uh, he was had a solid career. I had a couple old school guys, a couple guys that were left over from the the roof era. Um, Eron Riley, I mean, he had a great career at Duke. I mean, his last season, his only season under Cutcliffe, sixty one receptions, six hundred ninety three yards receiving, and eight touchdowns. And I think that was the year he was going for the single-season record, and we actually saw him get that against Wake Forest um, in senior day. And then I had one other defensive player, uh, Leon Wright. He played two seasons at Duke um, under Cutcliffe. Uh, he goes down in history, actually, as one of the few players he picked off back-to-back -back passes at Army in 2009 and ran them back for touchdowns. So another uh, very good defensive player, didn't have the greatest of careers, but that was a, definitely a stat that I'll remember forever. Yeah. Did he play with Walt Canty? Were they on the same – around yes. the same time? Canty was another sure. one that I looked at. Um, yeah, the defense you know, back then wasn't bad. The, it just, you know, they couldn't stop a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yes, God, I really – I thought about uh, Eron for my flex position. I really – I was kind of down to him and Jalen there. And there was one other I can't I can't recall right now, but um, Iran was definitely in in my thought process for that flex position. And then there were two more players, and I'm sorry to keep going here, but just because they're in my mind, uh, defensive lineman was AJ Wolf. He had 132 total tackles, 13 uh, six sacks, 13 for loss, and then Ben Humphreys, mm -hmm. that linebacker. Uh, he was you know the opposite of Joe Giles Harris. I mean, he was the other linebacker. He had a great career, 274 tackles, 28 for loss, eight sacks, two INTs, three forced fumbles. And he actually got hurt and was out yeah. two or three games there where his I, numbers would have been higher. Yeah, and not to hate on whoever whoever made this pick because I forget who it was. Uh, but Humphreys' numbers compared to Kelby Brown 
uh, uh, Humphreys' numbers were, were better. But Kelby, I think, more sentimental there uh, with him. And also on the D-line, Mike Ramsey. Mike Ramsey's got some pretty stout numbers. Um, somebody else I had thought about. Yeah. Anybody for you, Brian? Anybody that you uh, was on your well, board you didn't get a draft? Well, it's like I said, Josh, me and you kind of think alike when it comes to actual fantasy football. And he wasn't picked because Ross Martin was the last pick, but I, I picked Will Snyder one. Um, another consistent kicker before Ross Martin came in. And I mean, his numbers aren't as, as, as high as, as Ross's were, but again, he was a consistent kicker. So I had him in my back pocket in case you, you did the strategy <laughs> I thought you were going to do by taking yeah. Ross. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised he was still left on the board, but I had him in my back pocket just in case you uh, took Ross Martin in front of me for sure. Yeah, and by the way, well, we want to give we want to give a shout out to all the tight ends in Duke football history. None of you got taken in this draft. I'm sorry. You're really good. We love all of you. Daniel Helm, Braxton Deaver. You know, I mean, let's just go on down the line. Uh, Noah Gray, my dude, right? Uh, oh, Copenhaver, uh, Davis Copenhaver. Like we've had some good ones, uh, but the numbers just don't match up when we're talking about the way Duke runs our offense. And so we love our tight ends. Yeah. So. yeah, I truly. Believe, I mean, I said this. We've been sitting there watching games in the past. I truly believe that Noah Gray will play on Sundays. Like we just don't, we just don't target him that much. Yep. The offense. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, we went a little bit longer, but again, that's what happens with these drafts. Be very interested to see what everyone on uh, Duke Football Talking on Twitter have to say as far as who had the best and worst uh, drafts for the first ever David Cutcliffe era Duke football draft. But that's going to do it for us this week for the this week's episode of the Section 17 podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you who listened and watched the episode as well. If you haven't already, find us on Facebook by searching Duke Football Talk and on Twitter searching the handle at Duke FB Talk. Until next time, for Josh Cox, Jamie Holt, and Scott Medlin, I'm Brian Kennedy, and this has been the Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast. Your energy and your effort was outstanding. I mean outstanding. Duke Gang 03! One, two, three! Duke Gang! All right!